welcome. I'm your host, Diana Bruin, an expert in PKD, nutrition, and all things kidney health. If you believe there is more you can do with nutrition to slow the progression of PKD, but you aren't sure why or how, the PKD Dietitian Podcast is just for you. We'll look at the science and research around PKD. I'll break it down in ways that are easy to understand. And of course, we'll dig into all things nutrition and PKD. I'll answer your questions and those that I frequently get from clients and medical professionals. Along the way, you'll meet researchers and PKD warriors highlighting the power of advocacy, awareness, and community. Let's get started. I have heard kidney stones described as the worst pain ever. Here is hoping you have never had one and never will. With polycystic kidney disease, there is a higher risk of developing a kidney stone. Unfortunate, but true. Numerous clients I have worked with have passed kidney stones or been told, as seen on their MRI or a scan, that there are visible stones in their kidneys. I am in awe at the lack of education around PKD and kidney stones, the limited further urine tests done regarding them, and the minimal nutritional interventions that are then put in place. Let's change that starting right now. Not only are stones painful, but they can actually cause permanent kidney injury and scarring, which can negatively impact the function of the kidneys. Kinda important if you ask me. If you have never had a stone, keep listening. There is something for everyone in this episode. The first step for kidney stone prevention is understanding the connection between PKD and stones and what is driving the increased risk. I am going to lay this out for you in this episode, which is part one of a two-part kidney stone series. I'm going to break down what kidney stones are, why there is a higher risk with PKD, and also identify the two most common stones that we see form with PKD. Let's start by looking at what kidney stones are. Kidney stones are hard crystals made up of a mix of minerals that form in the urinary tract, most commonly in the kidneys. Stones can vary in size, shape, location, and type. The type of stone that forms is primarily determined by its composition of different minerals in the urine. There are four main types of kidney stones. Number one, calcium-based stones. That includes calcium oxalate stones, which account for over 80% of all the stones formed. It also includes calcium phosphate stones. Number two, are uric acid stones, number three are struvite stones, and number four is cysteine stones. The question now is why and how do stones form? There are multiple factors that influence the formation of kidney stones. Some of those are genetics. There is a higher risk for people of forming a stone if there's a history in their family environment can play in. Of course, dietary intake and supplements are a piece. Body weight can influence stone formation. And some medical conditions like diabetes and hypertension can also increase risk. 
looking at these factors, some are modifiable, and we will dig into that modification in part two. So how exactly do stones form? This is going to be a very basic overview of stone formation because it's actually pretty complex. What I want you to walk away with is a clear visual of how stones form so you can understand the impact of diet and lifestyle choices. First, there is an imbalance in the urine. It's an electrolyte, mineral, and fluid balance. And because of this imbalanced environment, tiny crystals can form. These crystals will anchor in the kidneys and other areas of the urinary tract. After they anchor, they increase in size until they form a stone. Doesn't sound very pleasant to me. Essentially, what happens is those original anchored crystals attract other crystals to come join the group and grow. Because when crystals form, they really like to stick together. Something for sure you don't want to happen. Now that you have a good visual of how stones form, I want to break down why they are more common with PKD. Kidney stones are significantly more common occurring within the PKD community than in the general population. It is estimated that 20 to 30% of folks with PKD have symptomatic kidney stones versus about 1% in the general population. We're talking about symptomatic kidney stones. This doesn't even include ones that are seen on the MRI or unknown there is a greater risk for stone formation with PKD. Why is this? There are three main reasons to consider. Number one is cyst and their growth. When cysts multiply and grow, they can interfere with the kidney's tubules. The cyst then can alter the flow of urine through those tubules, ultimately slowing it down. For me, the visual of pinching a water hose and reducing the spray comes to mind with this. And when urine moves slowly through the kidneys, tubules, and urinary tract, this, is, this increases the risk of crystal formation. Remember, those crystals like to come together and a slow flow gives them more opportunity to do that. Number two is structural changes. With cyst growth and expansion, the cyst can replace normal kidney tissue. This can lead to some scarring, which we call fibrosis, in the kidneys. With cyst replacing kidney tissues, there can be a complete blockage of the flow of urine through those kidney tissues. And complete tubule blockage can lead to what I call stagnant urine, and also reduced flow. This sets up the environment for more saturated minerals, meaning you got a lot more of those minerals around and they're sitting there and then crystals can form. What you also should know is that with PKD, having a larger total kidney volume, meaning that your kidneys are larger, that is an independent risk factor for stone formation. Number three, because of the PKD gene mutation, with it comes altered pathways in the body. You guys have heard me talk about these a little bit. And these pathways 
communicate in an irregular and somewhat off-balance way. This leads to urine imbalances commonly seen with PKD. So the common imbalances seen with PKD include low urine citrate levels, and citrate's something good that you want to have in your urine, low urine pH, which means that the urine is pretty acidic, and also higher levels of uric acid in the blood and urine. Looking at these three imbalances, it is not just one of them that increases the risk of stones with PKD. It's a combination of all three together most often, creating the, and I have this in quotes, perfect environment for crystals to form and grow. Of the four types of kidney stones that I mentioned earlier, the two most common with PKD are number one, the calcium oxalate stones, and number two, uric acid stones. Let's take a look closer at the different environments that contribute to each of these stones. And yes, folks, we are going to look at and talk about urine. Why? Because if we're looking at urine, it helps us step backwards and see what we can change in diet to improve the urinary outcomes. So first up, calcium oxalate stones. Calcium oxalate stones are the most common type of kidney stone. They form primarily from a joining of calcium and, you guessed it, oxalate in the urine. A combination of several factors create an environment that makes the formation of calcium oxalate stones more likely. So let's get to it and look at the urine. Kidneys make urine, and your urine can tell you a lot about your diet and what's going on with your kidneys or not. I like to call urine PKD's magic eight ball. It helps you look forward, it helps you look back, and it can really tell you a lot. The urine risk factors for calcium oxalate stones are low urine output. If you're a numbers person, less than 2.5 liters a day of urine is a risk factor. So clearly, better hydration is one of the biggest preventers of kidney stones. Also, elevated urine calcium levels. I want to note that elevated levels of calcium in the urine does not come from dietary sources. High oxalate urine levels are a risk factor for calcium oxalate stones. Makes sense. Low citrate levels. Citrate likes to block stones and not something that we want to do. But also an acidic urine. And the pH range that it creates the environment for calcium oxalate stones is around five to six. I want to pause just for a minute and we're going to reach way back to middle school and think about the pH scale. So if you're thinking about that scale, seven is right in the middle and absolutely neutral. Greater than seven is what we consider basic or alkaline and less than seven is considered acidic. Next up, let's look at uric acid stones. Uric acid stones form when there are high levels of uric acid in the urine. The question is, how does it get there? Uric acid is a waste produced in the body by the body itself, but it's also created during digestion. 
digestion primarily from the breakdown of purine-rich animal meat sources. The kidneys, as your body's filter, clean out the majority of uric acid and can remove up to 70% from the body. With a decline in kidney function, there can be a reduced removal of uric acid that can lead to higher blood levels. Uric acid stones happen much more frequently within the PKD community. In fact, it's about 40 to 60% higher in the PKD community compared to the general population. Urine risk factors for uric acid stones are low urine volume, less than 2.5 liters a day, low urine citrate levels, again, citrate helps to block stone formation, higher levels of uric acid, but also urine that is very acidic. So an acidic urine that has a pH around 5.5 or less. The combination of having a low citrate amount and very acidic urine creates an environment that increases risk for uric acid crystals. Both of these occur more frequently with PKD. But know this, there are dietary interventions. And the best part is a healthy diet for PKD goes a long way towards stone prevention. I want to touch just briefly on common signs and symptoms of kidney stones. Those are blood in the urine, which we call hematuria, abdominal or flank pain, back pain, a frequency to urinate, and sometimes painful urination, sometimes in extreme cases, nausea and vomiting. Often there are no signs of kidney stones or kidney stones could be asymptomatic and seen on an MRI. As you can see, signs and symptoms of kidney stones can easily be misdiagnosed as a burst or infected cyst, a UTI, or pain associated with PKD. So what can you do to prevent kidney stones from forming? The short answer is a lot. And not surprisingly, nutrition plays a big role. Check out the show notes and the links. There is a blog there that contains more information on PKD and kidney stones, but also lots of really good references if you're someone who likes to read the science and the study. So make sure to check that out. And if you're finding the PKD Dietitians podcast valuable, please rate and review it. This way, others in the PKD community have a better chance of discovering it. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you.